live from the District of Columbia. You are listening to the Black Fundraisers Podcast, a weekly podcast that celebrates, inspires, and equips black fundraisers to excel and positively impact black communities. With your host, Kia Kroon. Good day, good people. Kia Kroon here, your resident fundraising pro and host of the 100 Black Fundraisers Strat Talks, your weekly podcast that celebrates, inspires, and equips Black fundraisers to positively impact Black communities. If it's your first time tuning in, thanks for stopping by and do come back again. If you are back like you never left, thanks for rocking out with me one more again. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can keep up with me and keep rocking out with me every week. Y'all, today you are in for a treat. As I know, today's topic will totally resonate with you. We are exploring the importance of self-worth. And I got to tell you, your girl just hit the big 4-0 and a sister is feeling a little more liberated these days. I'm having these epiphanies about stuff and being a lot more introspective these days. And as I was musing my own self-worth and what it looks like for me. I came to the realization that a strong self-worth is everything. And being rooted in a strong self-worth is everything. It's believing you're valuable regardless of what you have or haven't accomplished and believing you matter. And in a world where we as Black men and women are constantly inundated with anti-Blackness and internalizing messages and images that stigmatize us and paint us as undeserving of the many ordinary liberties that many others enjoy, this is a really difficult feat. Couple this with the reality that many of us work in roles and inside of organizations where we're subject to the wage gap and wage inequity and just simply don't enjoy the same sense of belonging as our counterparts. And while our self-worth isn't predicated upon our jobs and our salaries and experiences within our agencies, These disparities further reinforce the unhealthy narrative that we're unworthy and, believe it or not, constantly assault our self-worth. The struggle is real, and I'll be perfectly transparent with you this morning. This has been a struggle for me as I've struggled with low self-worth at different junctures in my life. With that, I want to say to you, if this is your struggle, know that I'm holding space for you today. And I want to just love on you and encourage you and just tell you, like people have told me in the past, fix your crown and know that you're dope as hell. I'm dope as hell. We're dope as hell. As Black fundraisers, we catalyze change. And right now, with so many people and communities upended, there's tremendous need and folks need real resolutions and they're relying on us to come through. 
So I want you to remember that your skill, your ideas, your tenacity, your creativity, your swagger, your edge, you are worthy of all the wonderful things that you want for yourself and more. And so am I. And the way I see it, our only line of defense as we're navigating life is making sure that we cultivate a strong, unwavering self-worth no matter what the circumstances are. So without further ado, let's get into it. I am thrilled to bring Dr. Adia Gooden to the virtual stage. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and host of the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. She's stopping by the Black Fundraisers podcast today to teach us how to connect with and honor our true self-worth. Let's get into it. Dr. Gooden, welcome to the Black Fundraisers podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Happy to have you. Tell the good people listening a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and I have my PhD in clinical community psychology. So I do therapy with individuals and couples and groups. And my focus is on black women. So most of my clients are black women and um, that I'm really sort of dedicated and committed to supporting black women and their mental wellness. And I'm also a speaker and a writer. And I really focus in on helping people connect to their unconditional self-worth. And as you just mentioned, Kia, I also have a podcast on that topic. Yes. I love that podcast. And I have to tell you, you had me at hello, literally Hmm. (laughs) with episode one, the introduction to self-worth just blew me away. I mean, that whole segment, just listening to it, I've been going back for more each and every week. I've subscribed. Good people listening, I encourage you to subscribe because Dr. Gooden has so many nuggets and I'm just looking forward to tactics and strategies as we navigate our journey to realize our strong self-worth to cultivate that. So I love it. I'm totally here for it. Talk to us about the power of an unconditional self-worth. That is a that is a topic that comes up during your podcast. Talk to us a little about that. Yeah, well, thank you so much for your positive words about the podcast and for listening and subscribing. I so appreciate it. You know, I think there are a number of ways that unconditional self-worth can be really powerful and transformative in our lives. First of all, it's about how we relate to ourselves. So often we are searching for things outside of ourselves for achievements and accomplishments and relationships to feel worthy. And when we can connect to our unconditional self-worth, we can still strive for things and work for things, but we have a deep knowledge that we are worthy regardless right? So even if we don't get that big promotion or achievement, or if you don't raise that big pot of funds, you're still worthy. Your worth doesn't depend on these external things. And when we know that, we shift away from an orientation where we're always trying to prove our worth, pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves to prove our worth 
to a sense of groundedness and centeredness that we are worthy regardless. And then that gives us the freedom to go out in the world and show up and be present and pursue what we want to pursue without that pressure. And what I found in my own life, because I have definitely struggled with feelings of low self-worth for many years, when I connect to my unconditional self-worth, I'm able to show up and shine so much more because there's not all this pressure and worry and anxiety getting caught up in what I am doing. You said so much there. And I shared with the good people listening about how I've personally worked in some environments where I felt like I was pulling it out, pulling out all the stops. I'm dressing to the nines, going to work like I'm dressed for Jet Magazine in the, in the <laughs> 90s. And I'm mm. showing up and I'm putting numbers on the board and I'm you know, bringing in revenues and I've got great ideas, yet I'm paid less mm. than my white counterparts or my male counterparts. I'm doing all that I can do. I'm code switching. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing everything that I can do to earn a semblance of acceptance. In this journey, I had to chin check myself like, okay, none of this has bearing on my self-worth. What Black women face is racism and sexism that says, no, you're not worthy. No, you're not good enough. Right. And so, you know, you're describing doing all the things, right. Saying, showing up, presenting as I'm competent. I got my stuff together. I'm making the money I'm doing right. And still having these probably stereotypes of black women, you know, being lazy or, you know, being this or being that having them projected onto you and, the challenge that we have as Black women is that we are forced to navigate these stereotypes, right? We are forced to sort of move in them. And as you're saying, code shifting, right? Shifting the way we talk, the way we dress to try to be accepted or acknowledged for who we are as people. And the in the midst of that, it's exhausting. And the risk is that we start internalizing that maybe there's something wrong with us. Right. The the risk is that we start saying, well, well, maybe it is me. Maybe I'm not doing my job well enough. Maybe I, I, I am doing something different than my colleagues. Right. And that's the challenge. The challenge is we have to stand firm with the this is racism. This is sexism. That was a microaggression. This is not about me and who I am as a person. It isn't about what I bring and it isn't about my worth. I'm dealing with this because I have to navigate an unfortunately biased system, right? And, and separating that out, it doesn't solve it, right? But it does give us some space and room to remind ourselves, you know what, even if these people don't see it, even if these people don't see me because they're caught up in stereotypes and they're projecting those things onto me, I am still worthy. I am still good enough, right? And I'm affirming that for myself. And that's why I imagine the power of this podcast and the networks of Black fundraisers because you need other people to validate you and say, no, you're doing it, right? No, I see you, right? Or I've experienced the same thing and it's not about us. It's about this system that we're forced to navigate. 
agree with you 100%. And one of the things that I touched on a little earlier is the fact that, yeah, we do, there is a danger in internalizing um, these experiences and couple that with the dehumanization of the black body that we see on the daily. Mm. It can leave you questioning your self-worth. So I think that this is really, really positive and thought it was important for you to come on and talk to the good people listening about unconditional self-worth. And I'd like to hear from you any suggestion you have for Black fundraisers like myself. How do we tap into or cultivate that unconditional self-worth when we find ourselves struggling? Like, is there a tactic? I mm. do a woosa. Um, mm. I listen to, you know, motivational music. I listen to my, my rap music, my, my <laughs> trap music, my Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I love the strategies you're using, right? To pump you up, to remind you of the legacy that you're standing on, yes. of, of the strength and the greatness of our ancestors, that we still can take advantage and, and use their power um, today. You know, I would really, in addition to those things, recommend self-compassion. I think when we internalize the biases of the outside world, we can end up being really harsh and critical with ourselves. And that means any mistake, any misstep, any, we didn't get that person to donate, we didn't do this, right? We can become really harsh and critical of ourselves because it feels like maybe our worth depends on it, maybe our job depends on it. We feel like a representative, right? If we don't do it right, then they're going to think all Black fundraisers aren't going to be able to do it right. So this pressure is just so much. And we can counter that through being kind and compassionate with ourselves, right? So honoring how we feel, right? When are we tired, right? Is there an emotion that's coming up? Are we angry? Are we frustrated? Are we sad? Acknowledging that right? Remembering that it makes sense that we're experiencing this because we're human and we're experiencing a lot of pressure, right? That what we're experiencing is normal and not judging ourselves for it. And then being kind to ourselves, right? Offering ourselves comfort when we're disappointed or we're frustrated or we feel like we've been overlooked and being kind, right? Black people are treated so harshly in the world, and sometimes we end up treating ourselves with that harshness and we treat each other with that harshness, which is why being kind and compassionate is sort of countercultural and can be radical because it reminds us that we deserve care and love and respect, even when everything isn't going right, even if we're struggling. And so it shifts our relationship from being critical and pushing and pushing and pushing to being compassionate and saying, I understand and saying, it's okay. And saying, I got you. I'm here for you. We got this. We're okay. Right. Offering ourselves that reassurance that is really calming and comforting in moments of challenge. I love that. Being kind and compassionate to self. And I got to tell you, as a black fundraiser, you have, a revenue goal, we have revenue targets. There's a, a grind culture associated mm. with that. 
we're pushing ourselves and, and working late and wearing ourselves thin to excel, to perform our job well. And I've been guilty of neglecting self and not always being kind and, you know, being very, very self-critical. So I think that those are great tools and I'm going to challenge the good people listening to take those tactics and the tools that you're offering and to use them. And I'm going to send a roundup email, just a reminder to the listeners what you're sharing, because I think that it is just that important. And I think that the work that we do is, is so important that we can't afford not to lean into the resources and information you're sharing. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to attend to our process, right? As fundraisers, you're raising money for organizations that help people, right? That help communities, right? Maybe medical, you know, or are they helping communities or building communities, right? Like the fun, the purpose is to help people be healthy, be well, be happy, right? Yes. And the irony is so often in these processes, we are asked, or we asking ourselves to make ourselves unwell in the process of raising money or serving, right? I experienced this as a clinical psychologist doing therapy, right? We are asked to make ourselves unwell in the process of making others well. And there's something wrong with that, right? There's something wrong. If the process runs you down in service of this greater good, it's I'm not a by any means necessary, right? Let's take care of ourselves along the way because then we can enjoy it and we don't make ourselves sick. We don't wear ourselves down. We don't wear ourselves out and burn ourselves out in the process. And then we're able to sustain the work for longer and ultimately do more good, raise more money, whatever it is. So it is sort of like, yeah, how do we get out of this grind, grind, grind mentality and focus in on what is sustainable? How do I take care of myself in this process? Because it doesn't serve my community or my organization or the world for me to be worn down and burned out and sick. And that happens far too often for us as Black women. I want to wave my um, church fan in here. (laughs) Number one, I'm getting a little bit warm sitting here. But the bigger part of it is I'm in full agreement with what you're saying. I can't do my best work if I'm not well. Mm -hmm. And the work that I do, the work that the good people listening, the Black fundraisers in particular do, we're solutions architects. We're solving Mm. issues around poverty and education inequality and civil rights and voting rights. Mm -hmm. So with this mantle and taking up that mantle, we have a duty and an obligation for self-care, which brings me to my next question I want to pose for you. And I want to quote you here. In listening to season one, episode one of the Unconditionally Worthy podcast, these words struck me like a ton of bricks. You said a powerful way to connect to and honor our conditional self-worth as Black people is to take good care of ourselves. So often we as Black people push ourselves to the limit because we feel we have no other choice. Okay, I'm like, wow, Mm. I I need you to unpack this. Yeah, I mean, 
so many of us were raised with, you've got to work two times as hard, three times as hard to make it in this world, right? The world is against you as a black person. You have to rise to the, these challenges, these obstacles and overcome them. And it, that's true in a lot of ways, right? It's true in a lot of ways that, you know, we do have to work harder. We are more underestimated. We do have to be better in order for people to take us seriously. And it is also true that we get sick when we push ourselves to the limit. We feel like we have to work longer hours, work more hours, nonstop, always going. And that's part of the reason that we end up sicker as a community. I mean, there's also structural racism and medical racism. There's lots of contributing factors, but the feeling that we need to work ourselves to the bone, this sort of pride in the grind, right? Also contributes to us not taking care of ourselves, right? I know, I think it was a Jay-Z song is like, I'll sleep when, I'll di when I die. And I like to say, you're going to die sooner if you don't sleep. Hello. And there's research on that. If you do not get enough sleep, your body erodes and you will die sooner. You will be more likely to have strokes, diabetes, high blood pressure, right? There are all of these real consequences to not resting. The other thing is that I would love to see more of us be in the space of thriving and not surviving. I think that's why our ancestors, our forefathers, our foremothers sacrificed so that we could also thrive, not just grind and survive. I think Black people are great at celebrating. I think it's limited right now because of COVID. But taking the time to actually enjoy life, enjoy the fruits of your labor, is also an, another way that we take care of ourselves. Absolutely. As I'm listening to you talk about this importance of self-care, and having self-compassion and learning to be less critical of self, the word boundaries popped in my mm. head. And mm -hmm. the importance of establishing boundaries. And I've literally had conversations with friends over the last week. And, you know, the conversation is, oh, I'm working, I'm, you know, working till 10 o'clock, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And it's like, okay. Do you have to do that? Do you have to be at the mm -hmm. helm of everything? And, you know, the ability to deputize some things to someone else or leave other opportunities for some of your counterparts. Like, we don't always have to be the person that's first to volunteer for X, Y, and Z. If your plate is full, I got my macaroni my potatoes, <laughs> my greens and cornbread, which I love. That's my weakness. Folks that know me know, I, you know, I'm a sucker for that. You know, do I need to pound on all these other fixings on top mm -hmm. of that? Like I could work with what's on the plate or the task at hand. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking about boundaries and the importance of setting them and saying no. Last week's guest, Dr. Alana Simmons, talked about the rate in which black women are dying because we aren't mm. caring for ourselves. So I'm hearing these similar themes and it's mm -hmm. really, really interesting, but I wanted to share that uh, boundaries. I, I think it is so relevant. Right. And I think, you know, there's a number of layers to boundaries. One is, do you feel worthy 
of saying no and setting boundaries? Is taking care of yourself a good enough reason to say no? That's that's a struggle that I think Black women often have. One, because if we struggle with low self-worth, we may not feel worthy of saying, no, I can't do that just because I like want to watch TV and chill and I need to rest. We don't feel sort of worthy of that. And two, because Black women are socialized to be selfless and to give and give and give. And often this can sort of translate into a little bit of a martyr kind of syndrome. You know, think of the aunties at church, always there, first there, last to leave, complaining about it, but sort of liking that they're always the one doing it, right? Like we can sort of fall into this martyrdom. Oh, I do all the things. I run all the things. I take care of all the things. And we can also be judged or punished for taking time for ourselves. Well, she's selfish. I can't believe she said no to that. So all of those things make it hard to say no, to set boundaries. And it takes courage to set boundaries and commitment. Because often when we say no or set a boundary, somebody will throw a tantrum, right? Kids throw tantrums when we set boundaries for them. And the trick is you keep the boundary. You don't say, oh, they're throwing a tantrum. So I'm going to give them the candy, right? You can't do that or else you show them that every time they throw a tantrum, you can give them, they can get the candy. So with our bosses, with our coworkers, with our friends, people may get upset. Oh, well, why can't you just take on this one more task force? Why can't you just do this one more committee? You know, I, my plate is full. Somebody else can do it. Right. And that takes courage to say that, right. Cause you might feel like, Oh gosh, are they going to judge me? What are they going to think? And so you take a deep breath and you call a friend and you say, I need help setting this boundary. And you say, you know, I can't take on anything else. I have more than enough on my plate. So-and-so I'm sure could take it. And you leave it at that and you breathe and you stick with it. You talk about the journey to this cultivating self-worth. Is this aspirational? Is this like a lifelong pursuit? Or is this something like, okay, you know, I can sink my teeth into this, commit to it, practice it. What does this journey look like? It's such a good question. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, because I'm actually in the midst of creating a course um, to help people connect to their unconditional self-worth. You know, I see it as um, both ongoing, right? There are practices that you engage in in an ongoing way and something that you can experience, right? I feel that I'm worthy. I believe that I'm worthy unconditionally and it's taken me a lot of work to get here. Part of the reason I'm passionate about it is that so other people don't have to take as long to get here. And it is an ongoing thing. It isn't an achievement. It isn't something where you're like, okay, I checked that off the box. Now I can ignore that part of myself. It's what are the ways that I'm engaging with myself? What are the practices like self-compassion, like self-forgiveness? There are some other things I share that help me to be in an unconditional relationship with myself, that help me to ground myself in my worthiness because I'm human. And so it's an ongoing process. And as you do the practices, you get more connected, you get more grounded, and you feel sort of the freedom and the lightness that comes from knowing that you don't have to prove your worth. I'd love to share with you and share with your listeners my free ebook that sort of goes into four practices that people can start using. And one of those is self-compassion, because you can sort of start on this journey 
whenever and wherever you're at. And so I think of it as sort of an ongoing process that we engage in. Well, I got a couple of bonus questions. I want to shift gears (laughs) here. But first and foremost, how can folks find the Unconditionally Worthy podcast? Yeah, so it is basically wherever you listen to podcasts. So it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and Pandora. You can also go to my website and find it. And my website is dradiagooden.com. So that's D-R-A-D-I-A-G-O-O-D-E-N.com. And there's a podcast tab and you can find all of the episodes there as well. So we did a lot of talk about self-care. What does your self-care regimen look like? Good question. So the things that I focus on with self-care are that I try to make sure that I get at least seven, ideally eight hours of sleep at night. I just started my own business, so I have a lot on my mind. So one of the things I do to help me rest and fall asleep is I listen to a meditation um, to help me fall asleep, and that helps to rest my mind. I got a really great gift for Christmas, which is a massage chair. So I use that a few times a week to just relax my body physically. I try to work out a few times a week so that I'm moving my body. And I like to use essential oils in the shower. And I also make sure that I meditate every morning. I love it. And congrats on the new business endeavor. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Super excited for you. And I've been following, I don't know if it was something on Instagram or TikTok that you shared around your journey into entrepreneurship. I'm celebrating you. And I just think that it's just phenomenal. I mean, like even black women, like we are the leader in starting small businesses, launching small businesses. You know, we get an idea, see a need, have a niche. We go for it. So kudos to you and salute to you in your new endeavor. What's on your playlist? What are you listening to in your downtime? Some of what I'm listening to is going to sound boring because I listen to a lot of like classical music when I'm working. I'm producing a lot of content right now for the podcast and for the course. And so I like to listen to um, classical music but I probably should make more time for listening to some good music. This is probably a reminder (laughs) that I need to do that more often. Yeah. Good playlist is everything. I have my little playlist (laughs) to get me through. I have these jam sessions. It's, it's It's probably a little bizarre to watch, you know, this jam session goes on. I play a song or two and then recuse to, you know, the quiet side of things where Mm -hmm. I go into the Zoom environment or I'm typing. But I do that and and celebrate and just keep the energy high because that energy is my fuel to do the work Mm -hmm. that I do. You know, so I'm Mm -hmm. always pumping myself up. And I guess that's part of my self-care now that I'm thinking about it, huh? Yeah, I think so. I love it. to, To make that discovery. I, love, uh, I think jam <laughs> sessions, dancing in your living room, all of that counts as, as taking care of yourself. If it lifts your mood and gets you moving, it's good stuff. Agreed. Well, I want to thank you for stopping by the Black Fundraisers podcast and hanging out with us. You've given us some great tips on how to care for self, how to cultivate a positive self-worth and acknowledge that this is a journey. It's a marathon and not a sprint. But we have it within us to do that. And I think that that's a very important message. 
and gives tremendous value to our listeners. So I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate you inviting me on the podcast. Absolutely. And I want to thank all of the good people listening. As I always say, you could be anywhere in the world in these internet streets, but you're rocking out with the Black Fundraisers <laughs> podcast. And we appreciate that. If you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to visit Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave a five-star review to signal how valuable and relevant this content is that's being curated for your listening pleasure. And until next week, stay tuned, stay down, and keep your head up. Thanks for listening to the Black Fundraisers Podcast. Like what you're hearing? Subscribe to the Black Fundraisers Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave a five-star review. Connect with Kia on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter to stay connected.